I'm John. And I'm David. And you're listening to the Autocorrect Podcast. All right, it's tinfoil hat time. This week we've got our tinfoil hats on and we're ready to talk about conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Although I will say, you know, these are... I, these are all debunked, first First off. Um, and it, these were all debunked decades ago. Very, very easily. <laughs> very easily and many years ago. This is not new information. So this is our one of our uh, final episodes in this series. We have, we're going to have one more, um, which is going to be about sim, like simulators and motion simulation. But Yeah, we're playing a little fast and loose with the definition of the month of July. Don't don't ask questions. So we've had some scheduling issues, but this is uh this is gonna be an interesting episode. We are going to have an upcoming series that is called the uh, Code Breaking Conspiracies, um, which we are really looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to come late fall, early winter. Yeah, uh, we'll have our uh, ocean exploration series, and then it will be go right into code breaking, which will probably lead us towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of... And then early next year, I think we're going to start our Earthwork series. Yeah. So we have a lot of topics, uh, especially focusing around uh, Da Vinci Codex and uh, other other code-related code uh, topics and, uh, you know, historically conspiracy laden topics also uh you know a lot of things like manhattan project that kind of thing those are all on the list um i think we're definitely we're going to be starting out with da vinci which i know we're both uh we're both excited about should be definitely didn't print out the entire da vinci codex (laughs) yeah so we're going to talk about the moon landing conspiracies um there's plenty of them we're going to talk about just a few today uh and kind of you know they're debunked there's a lot of uh there's a lot of really cool articles you can actually find that you know go into what how each one came about and what you know what happened that caused them and why it's wrong pretty much uh, because yeah. the apollo 11 conspiracies are pretty easy to prove to be incorrect they're they're pretty easy to prove to be incorrect, but it's also easy to see where the distrust and attraction for these conspiracy theories was gained. Because remember, this is 1969 when things like the Pentagon Papers and Watergate are happening. So it's it's not exactly unreasonable to think for the American public to think that something may be a little off. Right. Well, I don't want to say the uneducated American public, but that's what I'm going to say. Uninformed. Un- yes, that's better. Uninformed. To be fair, Watergate was early 70s, but Yeah, well, no, it's nobody was known known by that time. No, but, but it's the yeah. same time frame. Yeah, of how the government was operating. Yeah. So, the first one, which is one of the biggest that we're going to talk about is concerning the flag that they planted on the moon, which is pretty funny because I looked at it and I immediately knew exactly why, what they're, you know, what people were going to say. Yeah, well, what people also, have said. Yeah, well, this was also tested on Mythbusters like 20 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, probably. 
Yeah, so the whole thing about the moon landing being fake it, because the American flag is flying in the wind. The problem is that if you look at it for more than half a second, you can see there's a rod on the top of it so that the flag wouldn't just be limp because there's no gravity on the moon. Yeah. There's no atmosphere, so there's no wind. So they have a special pole that has a extension out the top so that it you know keeps the flag like standing proud. Now it Which was, makes sense. Right. And it was folded up for what well, I guess days, you know, more than more than a day. Well, it, it easily. I mean, who knows how far in advance they folded it, but I mean it was a couple of days from when they left the Earth's surface to when they touched down on the moon. Right, and I'm assuming it was not folded in a triangle because they had to, you know, optimize storage and everything, yeah. but it's wrinkled. Yeah. So with that special pole and with the little extension on the top that allows it to, like, stay unfurled, it looks like it's flapping in the wind. It's really just sitting there. Yeah. Um, just wrinkled. So it's not like perfectly fixed, um, which is like, honestly, if you look at it, <laughs> it seems like people shouldn't be that. I, I don't want to say people should be that, you know, you know, jumping to conclusions, but it is kind of like an, un, if you even like look at it for two seconds, it is just like, it's pretty easy to tell what's going on. Yeah. I don't want to say it's an unintelligent take, but it, you know, you have to intentionally be looking at it without a critical eye to think that. And, and not only that, like we were saying, the, the flag is going to be wrinkled because it most likely was not folded in a triangle and it could have been folded for months. It most likely was not one of the last things to be prepared for that mission. Also, if you've ever folded a flag, even folding in a triangle, it gets wrinkled. Yeah, that too. Um, but it's not like perfectly creased. And this is definitely not some heavy canvas crazy flag. Uh, I'm sure it's a canvas, but it's not like it's not some big thick flag that would no, be, it looks like a normal three by five flag, yeah, so you know it's not anything crazy, so the second one here is kind of funny because you and I have plenty of background in photography. Anybody who has a basic knowledge of how cameras work will just know how stupid this is, so this is pretty funny, so. It's not it's not as bad as the as the flag. No, I think it's just as bad. No, there's more nuance to it. So the moon landing is fake because why are there no stars in the sky? Anybody with like I said a basic understanding of how photography works, how, how cameras work. And actually no, not even cameras. How fo- how pictures work will understand so, that this is such a a weak claim. Well, it you know, it's kind of, there's more there's a little bit of nuance to it because it was daytime on the moon. Yeah. And the shutter speed was incredibly fast because it's a daytime with no atmosphere. It was very bright out. Yeah, well, and the moon is also incredibly reflective. Right. So, if you know about cameras and you know about how the exposure would be with no atmosphere and being that bright and reflective, you would know that because the shutter speed was so fast, that's why the moon looks like it's black and you don't see stars in the background. It's the same thing that's going on when like, you use your cell phone camera to take a picture of the night sky and 
you either don't get any stars or you get, you know, a fraction of the stars that you actually see with your naked eye. Yeah, it's it's kind of like because of that, because of the exposure, you don't see it. And now if you were to like way overexpose the ground and have like a longer shutter time, maybe you could capture them. But like, it's just you you do kind of have to know how cameras work to know that so i can i well, can understand like a mediocre defense of why somebody might immediately believe that is because they didn't understand how that works but especially in 1969 on the moon it would be possible but it would be very difficult to get a picture especially during the daytime with stars in it uh you would have they would have had to have done some sort of composite image almost like a rudimentary hdr but different from that yeah so moving on another sun related claim is that the shadows were not correct on on the pictures and if you look at the if you look at the pictures and you'll see some where they're they're looking down at the ground and the shadows look like they took a well okay coming at it as if you as if you and i don't know anything about camera cameras and how it works the it looks as if the shadows are uh, taken at two different times of day where the sun is in two different positions where the shadows are not parallel yeah however anybody that does any photography and anybody that just walks outside and does this will realize when taking a picture of something three-dimensional the shadow distorts and if you have two things next to each other and you take a picture of it the shadow on the ground will not be parallel almost like you're taking a two-dimensional picture of a 3d object correct and so this is the thing it's like if you actually walk outside you can go and disprove this um if you get like two bins sit them on the ground and take a picture in the same way you'll see the shadows often are not parallel depending on where you are so d- depending on where the sun is in the sky it depends on how extreme the phenomenon is but that's pretty you know you can walk outside and and figure out that it's not that it's cuz it's not that they're composite images they're just that's just how image capturing works yeah um and then one of the more interesting ones is the fact that you can't see Armstrong's camera in the visor. So this one is kind of interesting. And I, I this definitely has the most uh, credibility in terms of being able to argue it. Um, the When you look at the picture of Neil Armstrong where you can see the reflection in the suit and you can't see a camera. The reason is because of how the camera had to be designed to be yeah. able to, for him to be able to use it. Um, uh, again, remember, I, th- I think we talked about this in a previous episode, uh, the way that film reacts to radiation. So there has to be radi- increased radiation shielding when you're outside of the Earth's atmosphere. So, and the biggest thing here is that a... The, the suit the the suit that they had to use were the, those suits were bulky extremely and bulky you couldn't use a normal handheld camera in 
those i mean your fingers are like huge sausages essentially there's no there's very little dexterity well not only that and like i was saying with the with the radiation thing if you took a normal camera up there and you were somehow able to operate it you would either your film would be completely overexposed from the radiation or you'd have a lot of noise in it from the radiation yeah so the reason that's given is that to be able to manipulate something easily the camera was mounted on the front of the suit, which is where the hands are in the reflection. And if you look at the reflection, you can kind of see, you know, where the camera is. It's kind of hard. It's a it's a shadow. Yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, Armstrong is not the clearest in the reflection because he's probably a good 10 yards away. Eh, maybe not that far. Maybe 20 feet. He might be 20 feet away and it's, a reflection in a visor it's not right the, so this the most picture, high definition right so this armstrong taking this picture the the person in the picture is uh aldrin yeah buzz, buzz aldrin buzz aldrin and you know looking at the at the at armstrong and the reflection you can kind of see the little shadow well what what's the most telling is that his arms are at his chest right that that's the most telling, which is interesting. But uh, because that that's where the camera was mounted. It was it was mounted to the front of his suit in the chest area, right? Which is which is interesting. I think the there's you know we're looking at pictures here. We've we've sourced things from a lot of we have a lot of we have a bunch of tabs open. We don't like to script these episodes too much you know we'll, we'll pull notes up and we'll make notes on a lot of ones where we really want to get stuff right but things like this we like to keep this is a more, more fun episode and more natural we don't need to we don't want to script things like this and no so we this time we, we've got a bunch of tabs open here we've got pictures we've got you know a bunch of sites that discuss the conspiracies and we're looking at the pictures and things and you can definitely see i can see how somebody would make this argument yeah like i said at the beginning this one definitely has the most traction but again it's pretty easily debunked that there is a logical explanation that is not outlandish at all it it makes sense right but you can you could tell that is one you can uh you can argue with a little more well, a little less of a tinfoil hat on, I guess. Trying to say that that was faked, but I think the one. So we're on, we're on. Uh, this we've just come back to history, history channel because they've got. We're looking between a few articles here. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. Um, one of the ones that history dot com. This this I get a kick out of this. Moon landing is fake because Stanley Kubrick filmed it. <laughs> That's just so funny. Which is just like, in the fun. It, I don't know what's funnier that that's a, that that that's something that was brought up, or that people actually believe it. The funniest thing is that like so because of two thousand one, a space odyssey, which came out in nineteen sixty eight, like Kubrick really just did such an amazing job that people thought that NASA just hired him to film it and like fake it, which. It's kind of funny because not only is it just like funny in general, but it's kind of like he did a really good job. Yeah. And especially for 68. So 
this this article here uh, says that the thing is the moon landing footage didn't look real because Kubrick filmed it. <laughs> Kubrick's movie 2001 looked real because he enlisted astronomical artists and aerospace engineers to help him with it. The only evidence that Kubrick filmed the movie filmed the moon landing itself proved to be a hoax. Shocking. Yeah, no one ever saw that one coming. But that was so. I thought that was so funny. It's. It, and then uh, this person, denial of America's greatest progress in space exploration and belief in these myths is more of an ideological thing, a political thing, uh, than it is a scientific thing. And that was Feinberg. Um, and then another, another um, I don't know if it's so much a conspiracy theory or a area of doubt about the moon landing is that a lot of people are asking well if we went to the moon in 1969 why have we not gone back there are a lot of reasons we haven't gone back we actually talked about this in one in our previous episode yeah um it's it's interesting because the space race was you know it was just like a contest with the soviet union who's better it was just like a you know, it was a contest of who has the best tech, who who can who can accomplish the most. And who can accomplish the most the fastest. And once we got to the moon and we did the we got the samples and the data that we wanted, we had a few more missions, but you know, after not long, there was no justifiable reason to go back to the moon. We had what we what we needed and until we had another you know driving factor, another driving reason, there's no reason to go back. It costs a lot of money. It it costs a lot of money and it's all taxpayer dollars. It costs a lot of money and you have to get somebody there and then back. And so it it costs a lot of money and it's incredibly risky too. So it, it's, it's expensive, and until we have a reason to, there's, you know, until we have something that we need that we have to go to the moon for, or something we want to do there, there's no reason to spend the money to try to get back there. Yeah, well, now, you know, this is probably something that might happen within our lifetimes, is now with a lot of privatization of space travel, there may end up being such a thing as casual moon travel someday. Yeah. And so that's, you know, those are some of the, some of the major uh, theories. We do have one more here before we move on to something a little bit different. Um, the, what pe- a lot of people might not know is uh, the radiation field around Earth. Um, and that's the Van Allen radiation belt. And people say, you know, how... How could we have gone to the moon and how could they have survived going through this belt of extreme radiation? And, you know, this article here that we're reading, um, it's interesting because it's exactly what I thought, which isn't always, you know, I, I didn't, a lot of these other ones, I the camera one, especially it took me a minute to figure out. But when I was yeah. reading this one, the first thing I thought was like, you know, of course, the shortest distance between two things is a line. And the answer given here by a professor is firewalking. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, firewalking is 
literally like running across a fire pit. Yeah. It's it's running through fire. Um and if you travel through that fire fast enough, your thermal conductivity is not you know, you don't have you're not exposed to it long enough to conduct any of the heat to be burnt. So Yeah, fine. it's not like, you know, when you're you don't burn instantly. It, there there's a time delay. Right. And so there's no and then the same concept applies here. They moved fast enough through it where there was not enough time for them to be affected by the radiation. They were moving at such a fast speed. Yeah. That it was the same thing. Pretty much same concept. The last thing we're going to talk about here is an interesting thing. Is the dark side of the moon. And for you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's the side of the moon that does not face Earth and is yeah. dark to us. And what's interesting, uh, due to tidal locking, it's the same side always. <laughs> so, like, the dark side of the moon is always dark. Um, which, which, that's in itself uh, another topic we'll cover because it's very interesting, the phenomenon that causes that. Yeah. Maybe next year when we revisit it, well, when we revisit the space stuff around this time, we'll talk about tidal locking more. So, the dark side of the moon, there's like all kinds of their own conspiracies about the dark side of the moon having like a secret military base on it, or there being aliens on it, or some radio telescope, or I don't know. People's imaginations really do run wild with these things. And what's, you know, I guess you can say it's all, you know, how much you want to believe is up to you because we can't see it. But the reality is that there, we don't have anything there, most likely. There's, there's yeah. no reason. We have satellites further. There's no huge benefit to having anything on the dark side of the moon because it's an issue with communication. Because you're always fighting having an entire planet in between you and where you want to contact. Um, but, you know, what's funny is there's, like, even Michael Bay, you got Transformers movies, like Dark Side of the Moon. There's entire movies based around the conspiracy of the Dark Side of the Moon having something fantastical on it. And it's, you know, unlikely. But, you know, you can... This is one you can argue where we, there's no way for us to, you know, the general public to know because we haven't been there and we can't see it. And there's always a possibility that there was something covert. It's kind of hard to launch a rocket without people knowing. Um, yeah, that one tends to get noticed. Yeah, uh, they're a little bit loud and very large, but. Uh, Except for the ones that they just fire off in the middle of the Kazakh desert. Then those might go a little more unnoticed. Yeah. So you can definitely argue that it's a possibility. I think it's unlikely there's anything happening on the dark side of the moon. But it's open to your imagination, I guess, depending on whatever you want to believe. So so that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, so you can take your tinfoil hats off now. Yeah. <laughs> we... Uh, we're going to have one more episode in the space series, and then we're going to dive into 
our ocean exploration series, which should be really interesting. We have lined up a very cool guest that we're excited to have on, um, which uh, we will we'll announce when we get a little closer to that. Yeah. To give you guys a little bit of suspense. But uh, if you want to keep up with what we're doing, the newsletter is now live. Uh, so if you go over to studio1k.com at the base of the main page, there is a little block to sign up. Uh, we are going to, we're st- well, now we're releasing little, you know, not quite articles, just little posts about some of these episodes that are, you know, that have some more things like pictures and stuff attached to them. We're releasing posts along with them. So if you want to sign up for the newsletter or go check out the website, there's a little bit of extra information on there uh we have our instagram still also that we're trying to post more on that's uh the autocorrect podcast that's uh we've seen quite a bit of engagement there seen a lot of engagement on the website yeah yeah and uh instagram is a really good way you know if anybody has anything if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any suggestions uh you can message us on instagram or email us it's there's also a contact form on the website um but we uh we're getting a little farther into the the podcast space yeah so yeah we are and we uh like you said we have one guest confirmed for very soon and we have uh, a lot of other guests that we'd like to bring on as we uh continue through these series and hopefully we'll be able to get some more household names some people you might know some people you might be thinking of but uh yeah we have a lot of really exciting things coming very soon yeah and we've we've seen some actual with the series we've seen a lot of growth it seems like people like this format um feel free to you know share the episodes and and you know just with your friends and everything and know let us know let us know if there's anything you hear on here or you you have any experience with too is pretty cool yeah we'd Uh, love to hear from you guys yeah so that's gonna be it for this episode we'll catch you guys next time thanks for listening